This is Jonathan Hansen, I'm the president of World Ministries International. I want to welcome you to the Warning Television Program. Also, our radio audience welcome, shortwave audience welcome, and social media, Facebook welcome. I'm in our college classroom, our chapel here at World Ministries International, and there's a live audience. Our staff and families are here where we do this weekly service. My message today is qualities of a spiritual man of God. Qualities of a spiritual man of God. Or how to turn a spiritual son into a man of God. We need to open our eyes to transition, you know, transition to the lives of people in our lives so we all can move into our destinies. Open our eyes to transition. Some people cannot be moved. You know, the saying that you can't teach an old dog new tricks. That's not a, a very nice compliment if it's you. In other words, you might as well be buried. Or a stick in the mud. You're just a stick in the mud. That's not a nice compliment. That means you can't learn anything. You can't move with the Holy Spirit. You're dead is the words on a piece of paper that has no meaning, no life. So our eyes must be open to transition. And we must open our eyes to transition to the lives of people and our lives. So we all can move into our destinies. What is our destinies? Quit saying the timing is not right. You know, people like to say, well, the timing is not right. Well, sometimes it's not right, but sometimes we're just a stick in the mud. And it won't be right for another 50 years for you. Because you're not waiting for the leading of the Holy Spirit. You're waiting for what you've planned out your life, retirement or something. And then you get retired, and then you get sick and die. Can we be led by the Holy Spirit to move in our destiny? Or are we a stick in the mud? Are we an old dog that can't be taught a new trick? You know, Jeremiah 48, 11 through 12. Jeremiah 48, 11 through 12. Moab had been at ease from his youth, and he hath settled on his lees, and hath not been emptied from vessel to vessel, neither hath he gone into captivity. Therefore his taste remained in him, and his scent is not changed. So, uh, you, could, you could look at that whole thing, and you get into uh, the giants, uh, the imams. Um, if you want to go into church history, uh, biblical history, uh, things like this, Moab had had retained uh, and prospered, but they had not learned to trust in God in order for their lives to move in righteousness. 12 says, Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will send unto him wanderers that shall cause him to wander and shall empty his vessels and break his bottles. So, what is it saying? Well, that language, it's customary to pour wine from one vessel into another to improve the quality and separate the liquid from the dregs. You know, we just made some uh, uh, grape juice from our, our grapes. 
And uh, but as you separate, uh, you know, the, the dregs or or the residue, and so you have pure juice. Well, there needs to be that separation. You don't want it to become stale. She had not learned the many lessons she would have learned if she had been invaded and humbled a few more times. Now, they're talking there about Moab. But we don't want to be stale. We want to move with the Holy Spirit. We don't want the giants in our life to take over our life. We want to defeat the giants, right? Biblically, you know, the giants, the son of God versus this, or mixed with the son of men. So, fallen angels and people. We want to embrace transition. Again, qualities of a spiritual man of God or how to turn a spiritual son into a man of God. Paul had a special place in his heart for Timothy. He called him his beloved son. 2 Timothy 1, 2, to Timothy, a beloved son. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. A beloved son. A true spiritual father, Paul was, goes on to instruct his favorite son on the qualities that he should build into the men he would himself disciple. You know, we're supposed to pass on to those what have been passed on to us. Discipling. Why were we telling stories earlier about before this television program started about healings that took place last week and how we worked as team ministries and, and some did intercession and deliverance. Others prayed for healing. Team ministry, discipling. I was discipling. It was important to take the time to learn how to win a victory. And we want to be able to win victories and drive out the giants. Amen? We don't want the giants to control us. We want to defeat the giants. And it takes team ministry. These are qualities of a spiritual man of God. Again, the word man is plural in the Bible, man or woman of God. So, he was teaching him the qualities that he should build into the men that he would disciple, that Timothy would disciple. The same traits of character that he embodied. So Paul enjoyed, he liked Timothy's character. Obviously he taught that into him and he exhibited by his own example. And he wanted Timothy to make sure you get the same traits into the people you disciple. So one, let's look at faithfulness of the steward. Faithfulness of the steward. 2 Timothy 2.2 and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And of the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach these to others. Now, if you're discipling, you know, there's different forms of discipling. There's discipling in the church and then there's Private discipling. There's discipling where I would maybe disciple some people. And I want to really have them move into the uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit and into ministry. But uh, who are you going to pour yourself into? We all have only so much time. I was taught years ago. 
by an apostle. You know, uh, you know, we can only handle maybe 10, 12 people. I'm talking about discipling, not speaking. You know, I've speak to the masses, up to hundreds of thousands, and, and our, I've, I've pastored mega churches. But uh, that's different than picking out some and really pouring yourself into them. But you've got to pick out the right ones. Why? Because in 10 years, you can really have a mature man of God, or in 10 years, you can have the same guy that hasn't learned anything because he's just stubborn. You can't disciple him. He doesn't grow. He gives excuses. So it's important who you're going to pour your life into. Do you have anybody that at the end of 10 years, you're going to see real men of God? Or you have the same loser? Now, I'm using some pretty strong language. But are you going to have the same type of person that you wasted your time with? We're not talking about witnessing. We're not talking about evangelizing. We're supposed to always witness and evangelize, are we? Although there comes a time, shake the dust off your feet. Because they don't want to listen to you. And you're wasting your breath even to witness. You got to wait till other things happen. Other people sow into their life. Rain falls from other sources and, and see if there will be a harvest down the road. Some people have a prejudice against certain people. And so there's only so much you can do. But I'm talking about taking the real time to turn like Paul took to turn Timothy into an apostle. If Paul wasted his time with too many losers, he'd had nobody to turn the gospel over to. It's the same thing with Jesus Christ. He picked men that became apostles and turned the world upside down. What if he picked 10 losers? Then he died and he had nothing left. And the gospel dies because he couldn't pick the right men. Are, are we following each other? Who do you pour yourself into? Paul said it was required in stewards to be found faithful. Whatever truth we have received is a sacred trust to be passed on to others in the faith. 1 Corinthians 4.2 Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. So that was my point number one. Faithfulness of the steward. We're talking about a man of God. How do you develop a man of God? Qualities of a spiritual man of God. Or how to turn a spiritual son into a man of God. So two, obedience of the soldier. Keep spiritual priorities. Two, Timothy 2, 3 through 4. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. You therefore must endure hardship. Troubles come, trials come, tribulations come. We are tested. And we're tested for our faith. We're attacked for our faith. And now we're being attacked more and more as Christians in America for our faith. Just as I shared at the beginning, Palestinians, extreme liberals, rebels, they don't care about truth, about facts. They don't care. 
They believe if you tell a lie long enough, people accept the lie. They don't care about collateral damage because they don't care about you. you a Christian is cancer. You're stopping their progress. They have a goal to move us into the new world order. They don't want you to get in the way. And when communists take over a country, they slaughter millions of people who they know would stand in their way. That's where we're at with a spiritual battle right now going on. In America, in other nations, does America stay a republic under God? Does America move into socialism? The other side doesn't care about your feelings. They don't care about facts. They don't care about collateral damage. The end justifies the means. That's why Obama framed General Michael Flynn with his communist CIA director, Brennan. That's exactly what he did. The history is there now. Donald Trump said, arrest Obama, Biden, Clinton. What's going on? I think they're afraid of out, flat out, bring out the guns, shooting starts. Because they defended criminals that were resisting arrest and the riots started. Black Lives Matter was nothing but a ruse by the Democrats, the Marxist organization, to continue to try to topple Trump, topple America, move us into the new world order. That's exactly where we're at. We must endure hardship for a soldier. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. I live and I breathe kingdom of God, kingdom of God, kingdom of God, kingdom of God. I live and breathe it. I'm always in my office anywhere from 2.30, 3.30, 4 o'clock, 4.15, including today. I live kingdom of God. Breathe it. I have one life. The battles are drawn. Man, I'm going to fight this fight as hard as I can spiritually for my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. I'm going to sound the alarm as loud as I can. Yes, I've got hardships I'm enduring. Yes, there's sacrifice. I've got one life to live, and so do you. What do we do with that life? Those in military service understand that obedience is not an option, but a requirement. True spiritual sons have learned the same lesson by walking in close relationship with their fathers in the faith. It's a requirement. Hebrews 13, 17. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. Let them do so with joy, not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. Remember I said I spoke last night in our live program. The Palestinians, ex extreme liberals, and the rebels. What do they all have in common? They don't care. What's a rebel? One that knows what the word of God says, and they don't care anymore. They don't care how much you talk to them. The pastor talks to them. Their parents, they don't care. They don't care. And that's where we're at in America today. Half of America, they don't care. They want the new world order. They want Marxism, socialism. 
All we can do is continue to sound the alarm. There are some that will be persuaded by truth takes away deception. If we do our God-given responsibility to be salt, to be light, to occupy. Jesus ascended. He says, hey, go represent me now. Only be filled with my Holy Spirit because you can't do it without me in you. It's my authority, my power, but it's going to be through you. I'm not coming down from heaven to do it for you. I did a message a few weeks ago. Again, a live one-hour broadcast. That uh, God doesn't put people into office. You put them there. God never put Obama in. America put him in. God never put Hitler into Germany. The German people did. And we went over scripture that says, I don't do this. You do it. God gave you and I that responsibility to make disciples. He gave you and I that responsibility to occupy, to take dominion, to rule, to reign. He gave you and I that responsibility to choose our leaders in our nations, in our homes, in our schools, in our families. He gave you that responsibility. And we went over the scriptures. You have the responsibility who you choose. You also pay the consequences. It's our responsibility, Christians, to get out there and put righteous people in. If not, the innocent will suffer. Because if the righteous rule, the people prosper. If evil men rule, the righteous suffer. How much suffering are Christians going to go through? Let's see who wins this election. And I can tell you pretty close. One will have a little more freedom. And the other, they're going to work to take away all of our freedom and control you. What's about this masks and COVID-15? What about it? All it is is for control. They're wearing you down, getting ready. You ready to take the mark of the beast. You can't buy or sell without it. Just like a lot of people won't let you buy and sell in their stores without your mask. They are just programming you and wearing you down until you take the mark of the beast. That's all they're doing. Scientists, doctors have come out. They've come out. It does more damage to wear this mask and breathe in this carbon monoxide. It, it does more damage to you. The mask is so if you're doing a surgeon, if, you, if you're sick, your, your sweat and stuff doesn't drop Drop into the person you're operating on. Has nothing to do with this coronavirus. Frankly, this is the most stupidest thing that's ever been done. But yet, we got ignorant people all over the world that doesn't research. They just follow. The blind follow the blind. It's like uh, um, the Pied Piper. We'll just follow the rats right over the cliff. Isn't that what's going on? The Pied Piper? If they tell you, Inslee tells you, tomorrow you got to get on your hands and knees because anything over three feet, you'll get the virus. You're going to see people walking on their hands and knees to get their milk in the grocery store. Well. You, say, you say, no, yes, you would. Because we are developing a seared conscience. They don't want you to think for yourself as a free man under God. They want to control you. Now, let me get back to my message. But I think this is important, amen? Are we becoming mature men and women of God? We need to understand these things. Are we attending a church that has an Issachar or just somebody to tell stories and they don't know reality and when things break loose, they'll feel like stringing that guy up if they don't have a nervous breakdown. 
Point number three, sacrifice of the athlete requires self-restraint. We're supposed to train our bodies like an athlete, amen? Like an athlete. Aren't we in competition? We're in a race, right? I, I, I'm training myself as much as I can to defeat the powers of darkness. I mean, that's how we, you know, we did team ministry. Go in Jesus' name as I commanded those demons that Adalia saw dancing around Philly. And she was praying for healing. Others were interceding. And the tumor, the ball, the size of a baseball just went down and disappeared. Because we're training like an athlete to win the competition. What competition? To drive out the giants out of our life. To drive out the giants out of America. To drive out demons. Sometimes demons that get you sick because it's not physical. It's, it, it's caused from the spiritual. And you have to discern which one. 2 Timothy 2.5 And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. God has rules if you want to be effective. Amen? If you want to be effective, there's rules. One is to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. When raising spiritual sons, it's necessary that they learn self-restraint. Self-restraint. You know, uh, uh, one of the best words to teach your child? No. No, right? Because they're little rebels. Just no. <laughs> One or two like that. And it's all over. It's all over. All of a sudden the brain pops from on the bottom up to the head again. And they can think. I mean, it just, it's marvelous how, how all of a sudden they can think. So raising spiritual sons, it's necessary. They learn self-restraint. An Olympic champion has paid the price for victory by using discipline and self-restraint. They learn to sacrifice many indulgences in order to qualify for a place in the race. In other words, we can't have ice cream every night. Too bad, Gabe. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 26. Do you know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Got a lot of people running, but they don't receive the prize. Run in such a way that you obtain the prize. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore, I run this not with uncertainty. Thus, I fight not with one who beats the air. I know what I'm doing. I know the end goal. I want a crown of life. I want Jesus to say, well done. Amen. I want a free America still. Four, industry of the farmer. 2 Timothy 2.6, the hardworking farmer must be first to partake of the crops. There's no replacement for hard work in the ministry. So Paul emphasized the work ethic to his sons in the faith. Jesus said, work while it's day for the night comes when nobody works. We only have this life to get our appointed work done. When we die, our light goes out and it's nighttime. This is the time to work. Right now, I'm born for this fight. Some of you have heard me say, man, I'm, I'm born for this. Amen? I really am. I mean, this, the, man, we're fighting for Jesus Christ. All of the prophets wish they were alive to, to watch the end time and Jesus returns and defeats the armies of the world. Man, we're born for this fight. If you're a son and daughter filled with the Holy Spirit, 
We're born to, to move in miracles and dreams. We're born to let the angels be around us, the Holy Spirit in us, and, and see signs following. We're born for this fight. We don't have to be afraid. Amen? Amen. Accuracy of the workman. 2 Timothy 2.15. Be diligent to present yourself approved of God, a workman who does not need be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Studying. I love this one because it involves a deep study of God's word. In order to preach and teach without error. True sons in the faith have become students of scripture and have an extensive library of study research. I should study the scriptures, but also the writings of those other teachers. I study the scriptures and I study other teachers. If you go into my, my television office, all the way around the walls are books and that's my personal study. I am constantly, constantly, constantly studying. Because I'm trying to fight this race at the highest level to do the most damage to Satan and his cronies. So, we study the word of God. We study from other teachers. We study from spiritual fathers. Cleanliness of the vessel. 2 Timothy 2.20 But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some for honor, some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Flee also youthful lust, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with all those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Flee lust. Personal holiness is exemplified in the life of a spiritual son. Who has learned the fear of the Lord. Paul tells Timothy that even the young men and women should learn to bridle their passions and dedicate their bodies to God as a living sacrifice. No fornication, no cohabitation, quit sinning. Finally, gentleness of the servant. 2 Timothy 2, 23 and 26. But avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, be patient, in humility correcting those are, who are in opposition. If God perhaps will grant them repentance so they may know the truth. Be gentle how you talk to one another. Be amenable. Uh, don't, don't, don't be a Lord and run their nose in the dirt. They may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been captive by him. So Paul points out that the great servants of God have developed the quality of gentleness when dealing with those who are opposing God and have come under the influence of the devil. Avoiding strife is a hallmark of those who have learned the devil's schemes to bring people into captivity. Gentleness is linked with meekness in the passage, the grace to yield rather than strive with an individual who is not ready for deliverance. As spiritual fathers who have learned to walk as sons, we can impart these traits to sons we're discipling who one day want to be fathers. God bless you. I'll see you next week.